Hello and welcome to another edition of Cheers PA Beer Talk uh, brought to you by Weiss Markets. I am thrilled to welcome an old friend in today. Uh, we have the co-owner and brewmaster of Sterling Pig Brewery in media and also their public house in Westchester, Brian McConnell. Thank you for joining us today, Brian. Really glad to have you here. Always been a big supporter of uh, what we were doing over at Big Hill and the Orchard Driven Cider. So you and I really connected over ingredients of place and really making beverages that exemplified those places. For you, it's a place on the other side of the world where your European styles are just spot on, constantly just the cleanest beer. But thank you for being on the program today and uh, joining us to talk a little bit about Sterling Pig. No, I appreciate the intro and uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So the first thing we always like to ask is just the, the beer, if you have a memory or a style or something that really made you want to know more about beer. Uh, so do you have that type of beer or specific style that made you want to get more involved or understand more about beer uh, that really got you on this journey to being where you are today? Yeah, oddly enough, uh, I don't think anybody's ever asked me that before, but there are a couple of clear examples. One, both were in college. And uh, one, I was in, the, in college in the uh, early 90s. And a friend of mine uh, um, had gone to uh, uh, University of Oregon for a semester and come back. And we were washing clothes in, in a laundromat. And next door was a grocery store. And he picked up a six-pack of, uh, of, of Sierra Nevada. And I'd never had it before. And uh, I was used to Milwaukee's Best and all the, uh, the stuff you normally drink in college. And trying one of those was kind of, kind of revolutionary. And then there was a bar on campus that had green bottle night. And most of it was Rolling Rock and stuff like that. But they also had Pilsner or Kell. And uh, it was a dollar a bottle. And I remember trying that. And that that really changed my life. That, that, that beer was, I'd never had anything like it. I, it was just, you know, clean, just delicious, flavorful, but balanced. Uh, yeah, so I, I have a pretty distinct memory of that, too. But, it's uh, interesting. That you, oh, sorry. No, that's it. Oh, it's interesting that you mentioned balance to me because I've always appreciated both the balance of your tap list in terms of style representation, but also balancing your beers. I mean, you're not one that's going over the top in any direction. It's always very clean. I don't want to say you're uh, a prisoner to style, but you are someone that doesn't like to embellish. You're uh, more smash than flash, which is a compliment in a lot of ways. And a lot of brewers tend to use crutches to kind of hide deficiencies where the styles that you excel in, there's nowhere to hide. Um, tell me about where that uh, level of detail and why you are uh, so interested in making, you know, clean, crisp beers like that. I mean, honestly, it's, uh, it's what I like. I mean, it's, there's no, it's, it's not more complicated than that. It's just the, uh, the beers I prefer are, are exactly what you described. And, and, uh, uh, I've come from, from a background of, uh, my first brewing job was with a company called John Harvard's and the, uh, the master brewer there was a, this phenomenal guy named Tim Morris, who, uh, was just super knowledgeable. Uh, he, he was a, he originally an anchor and then spun off and, and started this company and he was just a really valuable resource. And part of that, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel every time you brew a beer. Just, you know, the balance was, was a big deal back there and, and it just stuck with me. And yeah, that's, that's, uh. You know, we we do we do make stuff that that you know appeals to the uh, the knocking socks off market too, but the beers that I, I find myself drinking, you know, nine times out of ten are, are the Pilsner styles, you know, the, uh, the the ones that do exemplify that that kind of balanced but flavorful uh, perspective on beer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you haven't tried their Big Guns Double IPA or you know some of the things that you do, more. Um 
like you were saying, knock your socks off the, uh, the, the lineup in a can line type of beers, like those beers, you have excelled at them. But where I'm really impressed is just like, for example, show, which I know won the silver at great American. And it's just, it's so clean and precise. And there's not a whole lot in that beer in terms of where you can hide deficiencies. And it just, it's excellent. And that's, in my opinion, what those beers were always made for, you know, where they gained popularity in Europe and where brewing history comes from. It's you drank local, you drank fresh. It was driven by the agriculture. Those things all come through in the type of beer that you make. And I wondered if your partner being a chef and your interest in clean and uh, ingredient driven beers, like if that was the perfect marriage and why it excels through Sterling Pig. Uh, yeah, that's probably something to that. I, I mean, excels is a, I appreciate the, the term. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know that I would, I would give ourselves that much credit. Um, that's what I'm here for, Brian. You can stay <laughs> humble and I, I will just that. celebrate because honestly, you're one of the most humble, hardworking individuals. Like you're driving the forklift, you're brewing, you're running the king. Like you're not a brewer. That's a brewer in title only. Like, I don't think there was ever a day that I came in there that you weren't one working and two close to or already sweating because you put in a full day's work every day and it comes through in the beer. I don't think you could just hand that off. You have a very talented assistant brewer there who I'm sure is very capable in filling in, but like you are the lifeblood of that brew house and it shows when the beer comes out of that can. And so I just appreciate what you do in terms of styles because you can't make those styles half heartedly like those are the ones that really take time and dedication someone to stand up for we're going to keep it in the tank a little longer we're going to take up tank space for a baltic porter because it's important that we have these it doesn't have to be a huge tank but we're going to do these styles so i just appreciate how you've caped up for you know lager land and i enjoy anything that comes out of your brew house especially those you know less uh, knock your socks off beers as you call them but all of the beer is tremendous. Um, I saw you just put Prog Hog. Uh, was that always in a can, or is that uh, newly in a can this year? Uh, we did put it in a can last year. Um, okay. And then, but that was it was such a weird year. But yeah, the, this year it, it was our our uh, you know early, late spring, early summer seasonal. Um, just, so yeah, that's a check pills. Doing a check pills as a seasonal, and you know also putting a Baltic Porter in a can right next to it, like. The flexibility of you having your own canning line, how has that empowered you to be able to get some of those, you know, rarer, because I've talked to other brewers and they would never think about putting something like that in because they're just, they're too committed to having to have it at a scale that they would never take a risk on doing something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, um, The canning line, I I mean, if COVID did nothing else for us, it it really made me use the canning line. We we got that and, and the intent at least my intent was only to really do the, the kind of large scale batches of the, uh, of the flagship brands. But then when, when COVID hit, it's like, well, we're going to put everything in cans. And we figured out methods to be able to do small batches without a ton of waste because all the waste on a canning run is front loaded. So if you do a, you know, our, our maximum size is 30 barrels. So if you do a 30 barrel batch, you're, you're, you know, you're wasting the same amount that you would on a 10 barrel batch. But now we do a bunch of piggybacking and, and we can get, we can limit that waste and, and get, get smaller runs in, in cans. And, uh, you know, stuff like the Baltic Porter and, and our Baltimore Pike Porter and stuff like that, they don't sell that well, but it doesn't really matter because they hold up. They've mm-hmm. got, they've got pretty good shelf stability. And, and, uh, so yeah, I, you know, it just gives people an option. Um, 
we're still trying to figure out our, our, our canning, you know, strategies. But uh, but yeah, it is nice being able to put small small runs in. in well, something I would say you've definitely figured out early on in your canning strategy is you're utilizing both local artists and just artwork on a can that's not, you know, over the top or like there's some subtlety. There's some, I even think I remember seeing a watercolor on a can of a pig at one point. Like you have a very distinct vision of your brand, but you don't find yourself trapped within what that vision is and you allow other artists to play with that concept. And it's very unique. And I've always enjoyed like what's coming next in terms of your can art to really showcase those cans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we started out, I mean, honestly, I can't take well credit or blame for any of that. Um, <laughs> I, so we started out with a, a local a guy named Chris Dietrich that did our, 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 most of our conceptual stuff to start with. And now in-house we have this really talented woman named Brittany Stanish. She's just been pumping out really cool labels. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where she comes up with the inspiration for it, but you know, I, she sends me copies of them and I never have any criticism. It's always like, well, yeah, that's great. And, uh, and I don't pretend to be a critic, uh, but, but yeah, she does a really good job. I, I agree. I, I, and the diversity of it. Like she has clean, simple ones. She has more complicated ones with more structure. And, and, and to me, they're all great. L labels have been, you know, one, one good one after the, after the other, which helps and with, you know, with doing a bunch of different styles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, something that really stood out to me is uh, like you find a way to put people at Sterling Pig in positions where you get to all excel at what you excel at. You know, you're not asking it to do too much. And it's it comes through in the total product. I remember um, talking with your chef at uh, media one day about just barbecue and smoking meats and just yeah. the passion that he had and that he took in the preparing and the smoking and just, it comes through in the barbecue. I see why you guys sell out of your barbecue and why you know, you've gained that reputation for the food right along with the beer. And it's just so complimentary to the beer. Um, and so I'm just wondering, like, was that a concerted effort or have you just been lucky to find the right people that have slotted in and it's just been a great team fit? Eh, probably more lucky than anything else. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, something else I wanted to ask you about was uh, I haven't got to try any yet, but I noticed this year you started doing the Fresh AF series. Yeah. Yeah, where did that, uh, like, because, you know, it's, there's nothing new about, hey, this is new fresh beer, you should get it while it's fresh, it's better, you know, but like, putting the concept around it, and then creating a series, uh, it's similar, it seems like to your little piggy, unfiltered one hop, but this allows you a little more flexibility with the hopping structure. Is, is that fair? Or is there more to it than that? Uh, maybe, but the yeah. only thing more to it than that is, uh, We've been, if anything, I think our, I think we've been sort of defined as a, a place with, with you know, I, for lack of a better way to put it, a, a guy we just hired as a delivery guy um, who's in, been in the beer market for a while or the beer industry for a while described us as, as featuring beers that dads like to drink. And, uh, and I can live with that. But there's also a market out there that, that wants something new. There's mm -hmm. a market that wants something limited. And the uh, the monthly series was basically trying to capitalize on the market and 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 do the New England IPAs, do the hazy stuff with you know with flavors and try to make them with our spin of of you know not you know ones that you can have more than one of. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a work in progress, but basically the, what what that what that series was meant to do is is just give us another thing, you know, to mm -hmm. try to appeal to an audience that maybe we didn't appeal to. I mean, I feel like we've always made esoteric brands, but I don't think we were known for that. 
so this is this is like yeah we can do that too you know um so that that's that was the idea just to try to create that like that buzz that you know the stuff that we hadn't done in the past do you think some of that is that you know the first you know big publicity i guess you had was winning that silver for a pilsner or like you know in terms of like making your mark on the beer industry locally statewide whatever it is was there anything before that that really you know gave your brewery attention or was that the one that kind of formed people's opinions on who and what sterling pig is i don't know i i uh so for the just to make sure that that was actually world beer cup uh, i'm sorry my apologies it doesn't matter but but uh, um, <laughs> we've had some local stuff too that might have been more valuable uh the inquirer had a uh, um ran Craig LeBan ran a, uh, a blind tasting of, of local beers for several years. And, and we, uh, we got second in that one year and, and, and first in that another year. And, and I think that might've had a little bit more play. And both of those were for lockers. One was uh, for a, uh, um, a, a hot backs, uh, a Pilsner that we did. And then the other was, was for show. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, whatever claim we have, I, I think, I think, you know, I think it's all mostly been grassroots to be honest and, and and i don't know that we're you know i don't really have a framework of reference i mean we we, we sell we sell a decent amount of beer but we could sell more you know we i, I guess I, I i don't hear too many people you know i don't we we don't have the at least that i know of i don't know how we're thought of frankly <laughs> you know well that's I mean, up to the people out there you know yeah, that's yeah. the nice thing you don't have to worry about that i was just I guess I was wondering in terms of like the perception of being making beer for dads. Like I'm a dad, I like your beer. So I guess I'm your market there and I'm here, you know, drooling over your more, you know, niche beers and lagers and the fact that you even keep a porter on. I mean, that's a year round porter, right? Like does the pipe no. porter stay on for the majority of the year? We, we, uh, I found that, uh, dark beers are, are, you know, while dark, it's an incredibly wide, uh, category. Um, we, 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 they basically, they don't sell that well, but, but referring back to something you said early on, keeping a spectrum of flavors on, on draft here, that's what the mm -hmm. darkers are for. We have been throwing the, the, uh, um, the porter in, in cans, uh, because I really like it. Yeah, um, so but it we really rotate, is. we do rotate. We have a, we have a recurring Schwartz beer that we have on, we have a porter, our Baltic porter. Um, we do an Irish stout occasionally. So to keep the draft uh, dark beer, to keep the interest level up, we do rotate them. So, so Porter is not a year-round thing, just because I don't think our lineup would support two dark beers. It, well, yeah. I, I can't even say it's my favorite, to be honest, because I think the Schwarz beer probably is. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it, because that Schwarz beer, that I just had it out of the, uh, the New Trail uh, Expedition oh, yeah, Pack. Yeah. Uh, we had Mike on previously, and he was right. telling us that it was uh, getting ready to come out, and he got to do a Schwarz beer with you. I was like, what was it like? I mean, I know that you guys worked together previously, yeah. but like coming back together now at your own positions and where you're at now in your careers, but doing such a, uh, just, I love that style. Like dark lagers to me, they really showcase the one part that's missing of Pilsners and just like, just a little bit more of that bottom end, just to round out the maltiness and just, you know, so it's not quick crisp all the time. One, what was it like getting to brew again in that situation with Mike? And was it even a hard choice to do a Schwarz beer? Because it seemed like you were the obvious choice for a lager in that pack. Um, 
It was his idea. I, I mean, that's something that we definitely, in our previous incarnation where, where we worked together, we basically, uh, um, that was a beer that we were known for at a, a brewery called uh, Rock Bottom up in King of Prussia. We, we'd had a lot of success with that in terms of, uh, you know, for what it's worth and in terms of awards and something we did regularly there. So it was kind of, it's kind of one of those, like, it's always been, a, you know, one of my favorite styles to brew almost as an educational tool. I don't I think that might be anachronistic at this point, but there was a point in brewing history where everyone thought dark beers were just highly alcoholic, mm -hmm. intensely flavorful, really rich. And that was something like, and always ales. And it's like, well, this is a lager. It's pretty light. It's uh, you know, it's really drinkable, but it's dark. Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, on it, that was the appeal for me was it's more of an educational tool. And then that was something I was doing a lot back when, when Mike and I worked together. So I think for him, it was, it was a fairly obvious choice to put that in the exhibition pack. And I'm all for it because I love it. So. It's, it's a spectacular style. Your Swords beard always is delightful. So I was glad to see it because, you know, where I'm at, we don't get Sterling Pig in distribution. So anytime I, you know, can find it, it's popping in here and there. It's, uh, it's just, it's nice to see your name on a can. It always makes me smile. Huh. I'll start sending some back out with Ben. I won't complain <laughs> about that. Um, so when you were originally, you know, and you, uh, I'm assuming you and Louis got together at some point in the past and you're like, hey, we want to open this brewery, yeah. this brew pub. Was it always going to be media or were there looking at other places? Uh, we looked at media. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I see why. I mean, the shops and the restaurants and everything, it just seems like it all culminates down there at the, the bottom of the hill with your brew pub. And you've really anchored that in my opinion, just that block in terms of being something unique, but something very media in a very uh, charming downtown setting. Yeah, it was actually really hard to find a location. And when we ended up coming down here uh, uh, and finding this location, it uh, there wasn't a lot around. Um, the, the the housing that's gone up was all subsequent to uh, to our opening, and we didn't know what was going to happen. So we got kind of lucky on that front, too. Yeah. The entire This entire side of town has been... Uh, you know, built up and, 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 and really cleaned up and, and didn't have anything to do with it. We just got, we, we got kind of lucky there too. We, we kind of thought we'd have to be a destination. We're, we're off the beaten path of, you know, in media. And all that means is we're a quarter of a mile down a hill. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, we didn't expect this end of town to be built up the way it has. It's all, it's all been, you know, kind of serendipitous. Do you see much traffic? Because, I mean, your proximity to Ridley Park has to be, you know, a, a nice draw in terms of anyone that's looking to get outdoors, looking for a nice hike. It's a beautiful park. Uh, it's got some great uh, rivers and just you know, streams, and sure. it's really just picturesque. Uh, yeah. Do you find that you draw any, like, you're just kind of, because you're that end of media and you have that proximity are you finding outdoors individuals coming through there or is it you know really a nice mix uh it's a mix for sure I, I i don't know how much traffic we get from ridley you're you're right the proximity is there um right on the road that leads directly to it but mm -hmm. uh i never thought about that before i i don't know if uh yeah i don't know if we get traffic from that or not it, it, it would seem like you know the the, the demographics seem similar of people who like craft beer and, and you know like things like ridley park but, but i don't know do you have any professional peaks or pits that you ever reflect on? Like, man, that was a really awesome or who I can't believe that happened. That's a lesson I'm going to carry with me. Any, uh, any that those stand out to you in terms of just like any great accomplishments where you really reflect and just like, wow, that was, that was really unique and really great. And I'm like, I hang my hat on it. Or is it just all about, 
you know, you're, you don't have any expectations around success. It's more of like, you're doing something that you love and you get to do that every single day. And for you, that's the great joy and whatever comes from it is, you know, gravy at that point. The latter for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're not here for the glory. That's great. Yeah. It's really, yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It is a really, it's a really gratifying job. I don't know what else I'd be doing if I didn't, if I didn't do this. And frankly, when you talked about, you know, me like working in the brewery, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't do that. Um, so, so yeah, I, I enjoy, I really enjoy the hands-on aspect of, of, of craft brewing on a fairly small level and, uh, and, and the daily, you know, I mean, we, we don't have pigeonholes here. There are only two of us working in the brewery itself. Mm -hmm. And, we both run the canning line. We both brew. We both rack. You know, so so it's every day is something slightly different, but the same. So it's familiar, but it keeps things kind of fresh too. It's it's a pretty good gig. Absolutely, yeah. And I didn't mean to slight Chris earlier in terms of saying like you know he is uh, he's as hard as working as you. And you know, there's been days where you haven't been in there, and you know he's holding it down. It, oh, sure. It's just it's nice to see a brewer and a brewery team that works so well together and works together because you know there, it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah, it could it could be a lot harder if it didn't work that way, but it does. Yeah, we, that, we, uh, we yeah, it, it, uh, things are pretty smooth in general. That's wonderful. Um, so I and I can say, having seen you at beer festivals and having seen you in the brewery, you are definitely more comfortable in the brewery setting. Like that is your Zen garden with hoses and steam and everything around you. That is where Brian McConnell is at his peak apex. So I'm uh, I'm happy to see that you know you found something that you enjoy so much, and I just appreciate the uh, the fruits of your labor. Oh, well, nice. Me too. Do you have? Uh, I want to switch gears real quick to the brew house. Uh, do you have any music or choices that are either your go-to for a brewing day or potentially some that you're like, we cannot have that song or artist or style played while I'm brewing beer? Uh, nothing in the, uh, in the, uh, the band, nothing on the band list. Mm -hmm. uh, um, we're in a bit of a lull, frankly. We've, we've, uh, I'm open to suggestions. We've uh, we uh, we're, we're on a strict uh, diet of southern rock there for a while, uh, kind of old stuff, but uh, our older stuff, uh, drive-by truckers, uh, you know, things like that. Um, I don't know. I, 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 you know, right now we don't have anything on. <laughs> so okay. so what we're gonna do then is we're gonna take this clip and we're gonna chop it down. And this is an official request from Cheers PA Beer Talk for you to send your unsolicited slash solicited music choices of what Brian should listen to the next time he brews a beer. We'll see if we can put that together for you, package it up in some nice way, and uh, maybe we can get it out on social media because I think if uh, you open it up to the public, you're going to get some some interesting choices and uh, you know probably majority of them are going to be excellent you've never even heard of or maybe you have and forgot about them, but this could be kind of fun. I'm all for it. Yeah, for the longest time we didn't have any problem picking something out, but lately it's just yeah, we just haven't uh haven't been. You heard them. Nothing's off limits. There's not one artist or song on the band list to date that may change after this uh, request goes out. Might, let's see how it goes. You know, you never know. So that's like outstanding. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, so I guess the last question I have for you is just the importance of community. Uh, you guys do a lot out there in the community. You hold used to hold events before the pandemic, obviously, that supported the community. Um, where does your commitment to community come from? And tell us a little bit about how that's translated into Sterling Pig. Well, I've lived in, in media since 1997, and I, and I really like this town. 
And uh, my partner also has been a, a long, a long time uh, uh, resident and uh, and business owner in in the town. So we we have connection. I, we have feelings of connection to the borough. And uh, in terms of uh, I don't know when we have the opportunity to do things to to help people or the community, we, we generally take them. Um, I mean, you know, it's been such a weird year. I, I'd like to get back into doing things, uh, but you know, yeah, we we. Uh, you know, I, I, giving back, I think, is kind of important, and not necessarily giving back, but but uh, um, doing things in in uh, conjunction with with, with uh, you know with local businesses, with local uh, um, causes. Uh, it, it isn't you know it's important, and we have that luxury. Uh, well, that because you know we, we can like well I don't know I I can't cite any specific examples, but we've done a lot of collaborative stuff. We've done uh, fundraisers for individuals, like where a portion of the beer goes to someone who's been in a wreck and, and needs, you know, medical uh, help. And I, I don't know. We do things when we can. Um, and, yeah. We I probably think don't that, do as much as we, yeah. I mean, anyway. What are you going to, you know, honestly, the fact that you're even doing things and, you know, you as the brewer, it just like you have a connection in, to the space that you're in and to the town. It's just, it's nice to see that you do things when you can and no one can do everything all the time. It's impossible. So the fact that you even try, because there's a lot of times where people will just push it off and say, oh, we're too busy or we don't have an interest or too focused. But, you know, anytime I've sat down in your tap room or visited the public house, it just it feels like a community of people that feel comfortable in the space. And just, you know, you have some of that local and you have some people that are there for the first time and you can't really tell who's who because it's just your team everyone it's very seamless it's it's a nice place to visit and the beer and food never disappoints so uh i just think that you have all the elements that support community and then you're doing the other stuff on top of it so it just seemed like there was a more concerted effort from sterling pig to support community so i'm glad to hear that you share that notion well you know i don't know it's a chicken and egg sort of thing man <laughs> i've worked in a lot of pubs as, as a brewer, and we have the best group of clientele and staff that I've ever seen. And, and I think that has a lot to do with that, the feel that you get. I don't, I, I mean, I like everybody who comes in here and, and the staff that we have, are they're great. And mm -hmm. it just, and I don't know how we ended up, you know, with, with that uh, dynamic, but, but it's a, it is a really pleasant place to visit. I, I, I look forward to going up to the bar and having a beer and, you know, and talking to people and, and I'm not that talkative a person. So, so for me, it's like, it, it actually, yeah, I, I, re I really, I really like how, for however it evolved, I really like the, uh, the feeling that we have, the, 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 the environment that we have at the bar. I'm sure. Well, it's, uh, it's spectacular. It's wonderful. It's both intimate, but also you feel like you're transported somewhere else because of just those amazing European styles that you're showcasing along with the hoppy beers and, I have to say, I've always been uh, appreciative of what you've done for beer and this industry. So thank you so much for all that you're doing. Keep up that, you know, work effort and just stick with it, man, because you guys are doing great things. I can't wait to see uh, the evolution uh, coming out of this pandemic of where you guys go next and uh, just keep up the great work, Brian. I'm curious too, but thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for joining us. I can't wait to hear... Uh, good, bad, or otherwise, what comes from this solicitation of music requests from our viewers. So we'll get that put together and uh, we can't wait to see how this goes. So Brian McConnell from Sterling Pig, check them out in Westchester at the 
public house or at their home brewery in media not to be missed a great destination uh, you can find them on any of your social media channels i know they're at sterling pig brewery on instagram if you want to start sending those music requests already um, but other than that brian mcconnell thank you for joining us today on the podcast we are very grateful to wise markets for putting this together for us and we will be back here for the next show thank you so much and have a great day